this tension, this anxiety I've been carrying for so long was because I found my mother dead on the bathroom floor when I was 19. But now I'm in my late 30s, right? So I've been holding on to these memories and these emotions for 20 years. And he used this technique with me for about 15 minutes. And I walked away from the appointment being able to tell the story of her death in my mind for the first time ever without those emotions there. Welcome to the Juxtapose Journeys Podcast, and today we observe World Trauma Day. I'm your host, Eric Spitz, and in this episode I chat with Anne Hintz. Though she typically doesn't care for labels, Anne is a spiritual teacher based in Sonora, California, who has developed the ability to release physical tension in her body using solely the focus of her mind. What started as an original search for inner peace after experiencing a traumatic event ventured into a journey toward attaining what she calls insight or the ability to see within the body. Anne's book, A Pathway to Insight, details the steps she took in order to obtain that feat. Our conversation ranges from Anne's use of emotional freedom technique, or EFT, to her views on the law of attraction and meditation, and even some physical changes she's experienced after using these techniques that are truly astonishing. With all that in mind, just sit back, relax, and get ready for Anne Hintz's journey of attaining insight through EFT. All right, Anne, welcome to the Juxtapose Journeys podcast. And first of all, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to sit down and chat with me. Thanks. It's great to be here. I'm so excited to get into this because I feel like you have a really interesting story to tell. And I know you don't, you typically try to avoid labels, but I feel like in short, you're a spiritual teacher, public speaker, and the author of A Pathway to Insight, Recapture Your Childhood Buzz. Can you start by describing where your interest in the spiritual world first began? I'm not even sure I really had an interest in the spiritual world. It just developed as <laughs> I started doing my inner work and going along this journey because my original goal was to find inner peace because mm -hmm. I was very reactionary. Probably I could call myself, have called myself highly strung and I so wanted to be peaceful on the inside. So that's where my journey started. And as I went along, I realized, oh, this is kind of spiritual in nature and my understanding of spirituality increased as as time went by. It's interesting how one intention and one original goal can segue into something completely different that you didn't envision yourself going down. I mean, we were just talking in the pre-recorded conversation about my kind of journey as a freelance writer and as a journalist. And, you know, at the time, I never envisioned myself as a podcaster, but I, here we are. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's right. crazy how those things work. <laughs> No, when I was uh, doing research on you and digging up questions and just scrolling through your website and everything, what I found interesting is that you have a slightly different way of describing the law of attraction. And for all the listeners out there who may not be aware, the law of attraction is essentially you think positive thoughts, you get positive, you get a positive outcome in return. Same with negative thoughts. I, I guess that's a simple way to describe it. So can you briefly explain uh, what your viewpoint is in that regard? Sure. I mean, a lot of people think about the law of attraction in terms of manifestation, right? They're trying mm -hmm. to gain something that they haven't had before. The way they talk about it is generally like attracts like, right? So if you're thinking mm -hmm. about something, you're going to attract that into your life. That's not really the way I think about it. I just think about it in terms of everyday life. So I think of the whole of us as a signal, 
And it's not just our thoughts. The thoughts are a small part of it, but really it's everything about us. It's our gender, it's our size, it's our shape, it's our hair, it's our clothes. But the biggest part of it that I've found over time, and we'll get into this later, is the tension that we hold inside from the trauma and the beliefs and the memories the emotions we have that we were programmed with in childhood, that is stored inside of us and it really affects our signal. And I think people wonder why they attract the same things over and over again in their life. And mm -hmm. it's because we're holding that signal inside of us and it's it's emitting that signal. And so we attract it back into our life. And unless we change that signal, then we're just going to keep attracting the same thing over and over again. So my whole journey was trying to understand that and then realizing I have to change my signal and working out how to do that. And, uh, and that's what I've done. I definitely agree with you. I think the idea is much bigger than just thoughts alone. I mean, it, it comes in, you know, like you said, gender, size, the way we carry ourselves, our clothes. There's so many things that go into us that, that give off the signal for other people. And, and yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. So, and you, I guess you essentially answered that question in and of itself, because I saw that you, I know, I noticed that you don't think positive thinking works. Is it, so is it along the lines of we just need to be doing more than just strictly positive thinking? Yeah, well, the problem with positive thinking is when you're trying to think a positive thought, you're actually mm -hmm. suppressing the actual thoughts that you're thinking, mm -hmm. right? You're, you're thinking, I shouldn't be thinking this, let me think something else. But mm -hmm. that doesn't change that underlying thought. It's still stuck inside with the emotions that are stuck with it. So it's still a part of your signal, right? Mm -hmm. So to actually change our signal, we actually need to feel that thought, the underlying thought, the one we don't want to be thinking or feeling. We want to actually feel it and allow the energy behind it to release from our body so that we don't actually think that thought again in the future. It's hard to believe initially that that can happen, mm -hmm. but it really can. It sometimes takes working with the same thought many times, but each time you work with it and you accept those feelings behind it, it will eventually stop coming into your mind. I think you bring up a really good point there that whether it's intentional or not, when we only focus on positive and think I can only think positive thoughts, put positive energy out there into the world, we're suppressing those negative emotions and those negative feelings. We're not we're not allowing ourselves to feel them, to address them, to mend them, anything. So, yeah. Let me add something there that I, I forgot. <laughs> oh, no problem. Um, yeah. Now, I'm not saying positive thinking is not a good thing. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is when we try and think positively, that's when we're suppressing the actual feeling. But once you've worked with the feelings for long enough and released the emotions behind them, the energy behind them, eventually you get to the place where positive thoughts simply arise on their own. They're mm -hmm. already there. And those are obviously beneficial. It's just when we're actually trying to think positive, it's that word try. When we, when we add that word try, that's when we know that we're actually suppressing what's underneath. I like the way that you describe, describe that as well, of that the, the positive thoughts are essentially a byproduct of other actions that we're taking and that those will come naturally instead of just forcing them to arise on their own. So I really like the way that you put that. And I guess speaking of the power of energy overall and just positive thoughts and, and things of that nature, a practice that I've been taking up over the years personally is I don't like definite words because like I, you'll almost never hear me say 
that doesn't work or that or that can never happen. That's impossible. This always happens. This never happens. Those definite words, because in my mind, by using those definite words, then you're shutting off your mind to the possibility of them ever happening, which to me, I'm a firm believer in just that anything really is possible and just opening your mind to new experiences and new ideas. And I don't know, that's just something I personally take up. Um, I don't know if you <laughs> agree with that necessarily or, or do take up similar practices, but that was just something I randomly thought of uh, during that as well. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't shut myself off from words like that, mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't use them very often. And I try and stay open because I've got to the place where new thoughts do come to my mind. And, and mm-hmm. I've been able to do things now that I never knew were possible before. <laughs> so yeah. my mind is certainly open to all sorts of things that could happen. Something else as well, like I, for me, for myself personally, I've noticed that meditation is something that helps me and that I found helpful to do. But as I was doing more digging and research on you, I noticed that it's it's a practice you don't partake in yourself. So is, is there something about meditation that just doesn't work for you? Meditation is not a bad thing mm-hmm. in terms of the signal. Right. When when we we're talking about the law of attraction, when you're in meditation, you're quieting the mind. Mm-hmm. And that is actually changing our signal right in the moment. It's bringing us back to peace in the moment. And when we're in peace, we're attracting peace into our future. So there are definitely benefits to it. Mm-hmm. I had never wanted to do it. I actually wanted to, I wanted to find a way that changed me faster, changed my signal faster. Because mm-hmm. I knew people who had been meditating for 20 years or more, and they still had a really busy mind. Mm-hmm. So I was looking for something that made a significant difference faster. And that's what I feel like I found. Now, some people do say that what I'm doing could be classed as meditation. Mm-hmm. It's just not a term I've used for it because I'm not actually quieting my mind as such i'm actually out of my mind and in my body so i'm using more my sensing mind if there is such a thing Mm -hmm. i'm not thinking and i'm not necessarily quieting i'm actually sensing inside the body gotcha okay and i think that actually segues perfectly into what you do practice and what you're about um so like i said doing some research on you i know you're big into eft and that's something that you found really helpful for yourself so can you explain what eft stands for and kind of a little bit of what the practice entails yes certainly eft was the first step along my journey it was the first technique that i used that i recognized was very powerful even though it looks a little weird it's short for emotional freedom technique And it's also called tapping because we're tapping on specific places on our body, which are the ends of meridian systems. We're tapping through those specific points as we're talking something through. So maybe a memory or some emotion we're feeling. And the tapping itself, the physical act of tapping itself is what's releasing the stuck energy from the nervous system around that memory or that emotion. And it releases it from the body. So it's Mm -hmm. very simple to learn. You can learn it in five to 10 minutes. And I think that's in some ways, that's maybe why a lot of people haven't taken it very far because it doesn't seem like it's doing a lot, but Mm -hmm. it really is extremely powerful. And the way I realized that was two things happened. So I went to a doctor's appointment and this doctor, he was a holistic physician and he Mm -hmm. recognized I was more stressed than I should be. And he asked me what my stress level was on a zero through 10 scale. And I said, it was an eight. And then he asked me why. And that's when I I realized that the 
this tension, this anxiety I'd been carrying for so long was because I found my mother dead on the bathroom floor when I was 19. But now I'm in my late 30s, right? So I've been holding on to these memories and these emotions for 20 years. And he used this technique with me for about 15 minutes. And I walked away from the appointment being able to tell the story of her death in my mind for the first time ever without those emotions there. So that's when I realized, okay, this is this is very powerful, but I didn't necessarily believe it was it was really it was really the EFT that did that. I actually needed to check it out more. So I went online and learned everything I could about it. And then I wanted to try it out. I have an engineering background. I just like to know things work before I spend a lot of time doing it. And I wanted to try it out with something that was fairly simple. And at the time, I had a 17-year-old cat at home. And we'd just been told his kidneys were starting to fail. So he needed to be given a daily saline shot. Now, the first time I gave him that shot, my hand was shaking so badly. I was so afraid of giving him this shot. So I, I tried out this technique. I tapped about every aspect of it, which is something else you do with EFT. So I tapped about my hand shaking. I tapped about my fear of hurting my cat. And I tapped about all the memories I've had from all the injections over the years. And the next day when I gave him that shot, my, the needle just slid right in. My hand was not shaking at all. All that emotion, all that fear that I'd been holding the day before had totally gone. So that's when I realized how powerful it was. And that's when I realized that I wanted to be on the other side of all that fear and that emotion. So that's when I started using it. So I, I, I highly recommend people try it out with something as simple as that and see what it does. EFT is something, admittedly, I didn't know much about prior to doing research, but it's a it's a really fascinating concept, and I'm I'm really happy to hear that you found the practices very helpful um, in your time of of grief and and um, just coming to terms with everything. That's extremely powerful to recognize and notice, and especially seeing those changes in yourself when it just comes uh, when it comes to giving your your cat a shot as well and having those immediate changes in yourself. That's that's extremely powerful. So. Something I was thinking about as well. Now, when it comes to tapping out some of these different, some of the things that that plague you and give you anxiety, do you ever have to revisit any of those after the fact? Or once you tap through them and peel back the layers of them, do you notice that a lot of that is alleviated? Or do you ever have to come back and retap former, I guess, anxieties? It really depends what it is. So with the Mm -hmm. cat, I don't think I ever had to do that again. It was just Mm -hmm. one day. With my mother's death, there were many layers that I had to go through. So that first mm-hmm. episode with the, this holistic physician, that was the first layer. And mm-hmm. what I realize EFT is doing, it's, it's opening up the subconscious mind and it's expanding the awareness. So after that first 15-minute session, my, some of my subconscious mind around that memory started to open up and become conscious. So I became aware of more details of the story and more emotions underneath so I, I kind of had released that first layer and then I found the next layer and then I would mm-hmm. tap on that and, and the next layer then would pop up. So just more details of the story will come to mind and then you just work through it again and again until there's no longer any emotion left in the story. Oh, yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. And gosh, especially with something something so shocking and, and something so something so heavy on your mind and on your heart then it, it makes sense that there'd be a lot of layers to it. And then as you address those and as you peel back the different layers, you'll discover other areas and other layers that you may have missed or maybe you didn't recognize them initially. But So no, I, I can definitely understand that. 
right? Because they were stuck in the subconscious mind, right? So we, we mm -hmm. didn't have the awareness of them. We only had the awareness of the, the top layer. Oh, exactly. Actually, speaking of going to the subconscious mind, have you by chance ever tried being under putting put under hypnosis or anything? Because I know that's a, a big practice where it aims to do the same thing, but I'm not sure if it's anything you've ever tried before as well. I have. I have a friend who um, who does that work, mm -hmm. but I also found that I had done I had done enough tapping at the time I did this experiment with her that I I didn't find it as useful as the tapping, to be honest. Yeah, no, totally understandable. I actually tried to get put under hypnosis several years ago for trying to tap into the subconscious mind because I actually, I'm not sure if you've ever read or heard of Many Lives, Many Masters by Brian Weiss, but it's a book that completely changed the outlook on my life and it, it really impacted me. And that was a big practice within that book to get people to come to terms with different anxieties that plagued them. And it was something I got really curious about. So I gave it a shot and admittedly, I haven't gone back to it since. It just made me think of that because I know that's a big aim for uh, being put under hypnosis as well of tapping into the subconscious mind. But I mean, if you can get the same result from tapping as well, then yeah, that's that's great. I mean, that's honestly something I need to look more into myself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I, I kept going with it. So I realized mm -hmm. it was it was changing me, right? I was becoming less reactive. And, and I wanted I wanted it to go faster, <laughs> kind of like <laughs> the, the not doing the meditation. And um I knew you could write down all your childhood memories and mm -hmm. tap through them. And that's what I did. I wrote down every emotional memory I could think of from my childhood and up to my late 30s. And I tapped through one each night for about an hour to an hour and a half each night. So it was like I was opening up my subconscious mind. I was, I was delving in there and opening up each memory and, and letting it go. And it was incredibly powerful and things started to change. And yeah, it is very mm -hmm. powerful. I can see how that'd be a very powerful experience. And actually, uh, speaking of which, uh, I know you have a book out that I mentioned previously of A Pathway to Insight, Recapture Childhood Buzz. So can you talk a little bit about that book, kind of what it entails and what inspired you to write it ultimately? Well, I actually wanted to get my story down on paper before I mm -hmm. moved too far beyond it. I wanted to remember all the details of it. So mm -hmm. you know, the EFT was just the first step. And then right. there's, there's two more steps. So I wanted to write that down with the understanding and the and the memory of the different things that the body goes through when it's releasing all this tension that's been stored inside for so long mm. so that's what the book talks through it talks through my understanding of the law of attraction and then the different steps so that anyone else who wants to to work through these steps can do that too Oh, definitely. No, that's that's awesome. Admittedly, I've not read your book yet, but it's something that really intrigued me, especially, you know, because I want to learn more about EFT and kind of delve into that world a little bit. So it's it's definitely something I, I really want to check out. But are, are there any sort of, I guess, other authors or anything in particular that inspired kind of the, the direction of it or just your viewpoints on everything? Do you have any literary uh, influences? Well, I, I mean, I have listened to and read a lot of different spiritual teachers over the years mm -hmm. trying to, to garner or to gather my understanding. But at this point, to be honest, not, not really. I, mm -hmm. I don't know anyone else who's developed the ability to go inside of themselves the way I am now able to. Other mm -hmm. than I believe, do believe that Jesus was able to do that and probably Buddha as well. So mm -hmm. I will read through some of their teachings and, and try and align it with my experience mm -hmm. as to what's happening. So, yeah, it's an interesting process. And what you were speaking about before really stood out to me as well of just 
feeling the need to write the story down to document it while it was still there and, and put it on paper, essentially, because I'm I'm trying to do the same thing myself. I mean, I'd, I have a goal of wanting to run a marathon in all 50 states, and I've been writing about each state and each experience. Admittedly, I'm a few states behind right now, and it's on my to-do list to get fully caught up with everything, but... Yeah, it's it's something I feel really compelled to do to document and then I want to gather everything, put it into a book and I have I've written about 12 states so far. I've ran in 17. So I have a few I have to catch up on. Actually, I caught up on a lot during the the pandemic. I guess that was my way of making use of my time inside uh, with the all the uncertainties in the world. Uh, I I noticed a lot of my creative outlet came out. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of marathons. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, uh, I'm impressed. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I got uh, three more to, to finish out 2022. So I'm going to be doing actually two in one weekend in October. I'm going to be doing one in Des Moines and one in Kansas City, which is definitely my most ambitious feat to date because uh, I <laughs> it sounded like a good idea at the time. I've been kind of questioning my physical ability lately. I've been, you know, obviously running and training, but it's there's some anxiety that definitely comes with that with going into it because there's a lot of uncertainty with that one and then so that'll knock out Iowa and Missouri and then I'm doing Alabama at the end of the year so I'll be at 20 if all goes according to plan by the end of the year and then the goal is to do five each year but anyway I'm sorry I'm not trying to <laughs> take away from <laughs> your your moment and your episode and everything but well if you were going to use EFT for something like that right you would you would tap about the anxiety or whatever mm -hmm. the actual thoughts or the actual fears were about you taking that on over the weekend, mm -hmm. right? And, and yeah, allow that anxiety definitely. to release. Well, and, and I mentioned meditation as, as a form earlier too, but in a weird way, I've almost... I've like running has almost become my form of meditation in a strange way. It's something that I found really relaxes me if I if I'm feeling anxious a certain day or if I'm feeling a little stir crazy. It'll pretty much always be alleviated after I just go for a run and I don't, you know, listen to music or take my phone or anything with me. I just go out and I go running and I just am in touch with myself, the world around me and I, I you know, I love to run on this little river trail through the woods and it's just so peaceful and calming to me and I don't know. That's a, that's a practice I, I've learned to work. But definitely, I mean, like I said before, EFT is something that's really intriguing to me that I still don't know that much about. I'm just kind of just starting to get the details with it. But it is something that sounds very intriguing and something that I feel like I could definitely benefit from myself. The subtle difference between doing something like running, mm -hmm. right, when you're feeling anxious or even something like, you know, eating or using alcohol or being on your phone mm -hmm. is in some ways it's a little bit more like suppressing it, right? Mm -hmm. Suppressing those emotions. You haven't actually felt them and allowed them to release, but mm -hmm. you're just kind of holding them in check right, while you do something else that feels a little bit better. And mm -hmm. what I found is that the EFT it's more of a permanent change, right? It's, it's releasing that energy from the body. And so it doesn't come back the same way the next time. Oh, definitely. No, that's something I could definitely get behind. Because yeah, to your point, I mean, that running does provide some really good temporary relief for me. But then I'll notice that the next day I'll be feeling stir crazy again. So then I just go for a run again. And it's a repeating cycle. So you know, there may be more layers to it. There may be something else that's making me anxious that day. But at least with EFT, it sounds like I would be pinpointing exactly what that is, really taking a hard look at it, peeling back the layers and really getting to the bottom of the source of it, which is something that really intrigues me from what I'm gathering and what you're saying. Yes, yes, that's a good understanding of it.
speaking of all the different changes and all the benefits of it. So what I found really interesting is that, you know, like you've said before, you develop the ability to release tension stored within your connective tissue by focusing your mind. And as a result, you've experienced some physical changes. So can you talk a little bit about those as well? Yeah. So let's first go to the second step. Because oh, yeah, of course. Th that's the third step. So as the subconscious mind opens, as I said, the awareness expands. Now that concept itself is talked about very differently. And mm -hmm. the way I talk about it is and even it's not particularly easy to understand, but the awareness gets closer and closer to our body. So when we start out, I didn't have a lot of awareness when I started out. So I knew memories, I knew what had happened to me, but I didn't necessarily know how I felt about them. So as I did more and more tapping, I became aware of my emotions and I became aware of my emotions during the day even, right? I could notice when I was getting emotional, when I was getting frustrated or angry or sad. Mm -hmm. And that was a deeper level of awareness. And as I kept going through the tapping, I realized that I could become aware of the physical sensations underneath the emotions. So what that means is, you know, think of becoming frustrated, right? When we're frustrated, we're actually holding ourselves in tension. So I can feel the tension across my solar plexus when I'm frustrated. This is defined later in our conversation, but the solar plexus, also known as the celiac plexus, is a complex network of nerves located in the abdomen. If you get hurt in this region, it's compared to the sensation of getting the wind knocked out of you. Or as Anne illustrates later in our conversation on a more positive note, it's the place you experience having butterflies. And I couldn't have become aware of that when I first started on this journey. Right. It's something that I had to do the work around. So if you're listening to this and you think about feeling frustrated, can you notice where in your body you're feeling that frustration? If you mm -hmm. cannot feel that yet, it's because you haven't developed that awareness. But you can. You can develop it over time. So once I became aware of the physical sensations underneath the emotions... Then I used a diff different technique, one that I just call feeling your feelings, which is a very basic name, but I couldn't have felt my feelings to begin with. So at this point, I had to train myself how to feel the feelings. And the way I did that was I would hold myself like a statue, because if I try to feel something like fear, which again, for me was in my solar plexus, if I tried to hold my awareness on it, it would shift it would want to hide because it had always been suppressed. So I didn't know what else to do. So even if I took a, a deep breath or if I moved at all, I lost my focus on this tension in my solar plexus. So I would hold myself like a statue, stop moving, and I would stop breathing. So when I felt the fear, I would stop in my breath right there. And then I would just focus on that tension in my solar plexus. And I, I would talk to it, which I know sounds weird, but that's what I would do. So I would say things like, okay, I can feel you fear right there in my solar plexus. I just want to feel you. I want to allow you to be felt because you've been suppressed for so long. Let me just feel you. And eventually I'd need to take a deep breath and I'd have to let it out. And then I would feel that fear again. And I would notice that it would have shifted somewhat. It wouldn't be quite as intense. So then I would think the same thought again, this thought with the fear and feel the fear again and do the same thing. Hold my breath, just talk to it, feel it, and it would shift again. So I would do it over and over again with the same thought until all the attachments to the thought, all the stuck energy underneath the thought had just dissipated. Hmm. And oh, that's this, really interesting. Yeah, this felt like a second step. It felt like a deeper step because it, it had deeper awareness, right? I'm kind of now feeling these sensations in my body that I hadn't even been aware of before. 
So just to make sure I'm understanding the, the steps in the process correctly, would you describe the second step in this instance as being aware of and recognizing these emotions and these feelings and then almost going further beyond that, like what you're mentioning as well, is being able to bring those emotions out and and kind of um, bring those emotions out and then physically notice where they are on the body and then being able to address them in that instance. Am I gathering that correctly? Yeah, well, we use the words emotion, right? So we'll use the word mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling frustrated right now. Mm -hmm. That that word is, if we're using EFT, we can use the word frustration, right? We can tap mm -hmm. using I'm frustrated right now. But the frustration is describing this set of physical sensations. So it's really describing tension that we're holding in our body, maybe in our shoulders, maybe in our solar plexus. So once we can feel those, then we can just feel them. One, one of the really important things along my journey was understanding that emotions, are simp it's simply energy that is stuck inside the body. Mm -hmm. All we have to do is find a way to release it and then it's gone. So to begin with, EFT works. It does that. The tapping does that. It releases the energy out of the nervous system or just mm -hmm. feeling it, just allowing that energy to be felt also releases it out of the nervous system. So, yes, we're just doing that now at a deeper level than we were before. Gotcha. And then you were mentioning shifting before, too. So do you notice that different emotions, you will feel them physically on different parts of your body every once in a while? Am I gathering that correctly? Yes. Yes. Okay. Interesting. Well, think of anger, right? If you see someone who's angry, you can see they're angry by the way they're holding themselves. Yeah. Yeah. They might, they may have clenched fists, right? Their jaw might be really tight. So mm -hmm. Anger is held in a different way than something like sadness, which is would be probably more in our chest, our heart area, maybe our stomach. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yes, it's it's all held differently. And once we become aware of where we are holding those, then we can just feel that stuck energy and allow it to dissipate. So I mm -hmm. just kept doing that then daily every day instead of doing the tapping. And now at a deeper level, I'm just feeling these feelings and letting them go. So at night, instead of doing the tapping on my childhood, I would now lie on the sofa and bring collective traumas to mind, right? Because I'd done my childhood. So mm -hmm. now I moved on to this other energy that was stuck inside of me, something like 9-11, right? We all mm -hmm. have our own individual experience of those traumas from that time period. So mm -hmm. I would bring those memories to mind and then feel the emotions, feel the physical sensations from that time frame, and just allow them to be felt. Right? They'd been suppressed before, they'd been stuck inside. Now I would just allow them to be felt and, and they would dissipate. Mm -hmm. And it was just felt freeing, right? I'm releasing this burden that I've been carrying for all these years. And then over time, I actually got to the place where I could actually feel my awareness inside my body after the tension had released which is really kind of strange. And the only way I can kind of explain it is imagine you have a toothache or a stomach ache, right? You can pinpoint with your senses where that pain is coming from. Mm -hmm. But once the pain is released, you can't get your awareness back inside. You can't feel that tooth again or, or that pain in the stomach because mm -hmm. it's gone. I found that I could. I could put my awareness back inside my body. And it was really weird. It, it does feel very different. It's very clear that it's a different thing. And hmm. I just kept playing with it because I, what else is there to do? It was fun. So 
<laughs> I just so I just moved my awareness around inside and noticed that I could actually find tension on the inside. I could find a place that had tension compared to no tension. So I would hold my awareness on this tension and just just allow it to be felt. And I noticed that it would shift. It would dissipate a little bit. And then I would do it again and again and again. So I'm doing the same thing that I was doing with EFT, which was using words. Mm -hmm. And then with the feeling, the feelings, which was feeling sensations. Now I'm inside the body and I'm just feeling tension and allowing it to release. So it's a deeper level of awareness. No, that's all extremely interesting. And it, and it makes a lot of sense, too, because I feel like it's it's much easier to suppress our feelings. And that's what you know, a lot of people do. I'm guilty of it myself, but to suppress feelings, to not address them head on. But with your approach, you are bringing those forefront. You are you are bringing those emotions and those feelings and those, you know, memories as painful as they are to the forefront and then addressing them and recognizing where they are on, on the body and finding a way and recognizing when they shift, when they move around and when they dissipate. And I, I can see the, the potential power in a lot of that. I, and yeah, that's <laughs> that's incredible. Yeah, it's the opposite of suppressing. It's actually addressing everything yep. as it comes up. And that, that, you know, people talk about shadow work, right? That, that's what this is, right? Because I can sense inside the body. I can see that it's dark. And once we release the tension, it's light underneath. It's already light underneath. So all we have to do is find that tension or that darkness or those hidden memories and those emotions and let that go. And then underneath is the light. Or another way of saying it is, right, the positive's already underneath, right? The positive will just arise once we let go of the negative. Now, now you mentioned shadow work before. Uh, can you briefly explain that? I actually haven't heard of that. Okay, that's one of the, the terms people use for this kind of inner work is you're finding okay. your shadow. You're finding the darkness. You're finding those stuck memories of stuck emotions and actually looking at them and letting them go. Mm, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I just haven't heard that term before. But that's no, that's really interesting. And when you were talking about physical parts of the body and linking that to different emotions and, and feelings, it just made me think of the idea of chakras. In case you're unfamiliar with that term, chakra translates to wheel in Sanskrit and refers to energy points in your body. There are seven of them, and they are thought to be spinning discs of energy that should stay open and aligned as they correspond to bundles of nerves, major organs, and areas that affect our emotional and physical well-being. I provided a link in the show notes that can provide a more in-depth explanation. Is that something that lines up with EFT as well? Is that kind of within the ballpark or is that something completely different? <laughs> some of it does. Um, to be honest, some of it does not really. I mean, I know there is more energy in the solar plexus, which is one of the chakras. Mm -hmm. I, there's a lot of stuck energy there that I've worked with. I haven't found much in the, the heart or maybe even in the throat. I know that I'm looking, as I'm looking inside my body, I'm searching, I think, through, I'm looking through the inner eye, the third eye, which is also one of the chakras. So some of it lines up and some of it doesn't necessarily line up at this point. Okay, gotcha. Forgive me, I, I forgot to ask this before too, but where exactly is the solar plex? It's it's kind of in the stomach area. Okay. Kind of, yeah, between the the lower ribs, the bottom of the ribs and the belly button. Hmm, Okay. Gotcha. I, yeah, I feel like where, I've read that. Where you would feel before, butterflies. Where you feel butterflies. Oh, okay. <laughs> the solar plex is such a cooler name for it. I'm going to have to start using that. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, let yeah. me let me continue on. We we oh, of course, quite yeah. get to the um the physical changes. Yes, yes, yes. 
So when I was working on the inside, I worked in my torso for quite a long time, for quite a few months. And then eventually I was able to put my awareness inside my head. And that itself was just eye-opening because there was so much pain and tension. The forces that were pulling my bones out of alignment were just incredible. And I had lived 50 years without the understanding, without the awareness that this pain and tension was inside my head. And it had been there all along, I think, since I was born, because I was born with my, my right foot up against my right shin and my whole body had been twisted. Hmm. So I had lived all those years without the awareness of this pain and tension inside my head. But, you know, I have my tool at this point, my technique, so I would just focus on it, allow it to dissipate. Focus on it again, allow it to dissipate. So over and over and over again, and over the months, I would actually get to the place where I could actually feel my bones relax inside, which was a really, really good feeling. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't until I actually had x-rays taken last year compared to 2013, so 2021 compared to 2013, and could see that the bones themselves had changed. My eye sockets had aligned. My jaw was way off to the side and it's much more centered. And my neck, which has always been bent because I have scoliosis, is way straighter than it's ever been in my life. And I've grown now three quarters of an inch in the last year or two at the age of 55 because <laughs> of that release of this burden or the tension inside of me. I, I, I feel like a lot of people fail to recognize that there is such a strong connection between, you know, mental energy, mental intention and what you're doing and the physical body. And it, and you can have these physical changes and that's, you know, proof of it. I mean, you have x-rays to prove that. That's that's incredible. Right. I mean, I didn't realize how connected everything was when I started this journey, right? Because I was just searching for mm -hmm. inner peace. And yeah. over time, there were physical changes involved too. And People in the spiritual community talk about alignment, right? Being in alignment with your thoughts or your goals or whatever. I didn't realize there's actually a physical alignment that goes along with it too, mm -hmm. right? Because my bones have become more symmetrical, more aligned. And so that's an inner balance, which is also a reflection of an outer balance and a, a mental, emotional balance, right? It's all connected. And like we were just talking about before, and I guess bringing everything full circle with that is that when you... When you raise your awareness and you're able to dissipate some of these some of these feelings, some of these emotions and, you know, experience these physical changes and there's there's such a they're all connected. There's such a spillover effect. And then that will lead to naturally more positive thinking and and getting into that notion. So, yeah, I agree with you completely how it's all interconnected. And you, it's it's crazy to think of how <laughs> connected it all is and how much everything affects one another. It is. Yeah. And it's an understanding I didn't have now, but I do now. So yeah, it's a reason to share the story. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Now, um, and I feel like this, this field can definitely be pretty overwhelming. Anyone on the outside looking in who may not be as familiar with EFT or meditation or any sort of, of these practices at all. So do you have any additional practical tips or anything for anyone listening who wants to get started on becoming a more aware of attaining insight or being able to see within the body? Well, the first step is actually becoming aware of when you're becoming emotional, right? Because mm -hmm. even that is, is not the easiest thing to do because we get so caught up in our emotions. To be able to stand back and say, oh, look at me, I'm getting frustrated or sad mm -hmm. or angry. That is a first really important step because you can't, you, you can't use a technique like EFT until you realize that you need to use it. So mm -hmm. just, just 
watch yourself during the day. Notice if you're watching the news or you're interacting with someone or even if you're watching someone else interact, start to notice how your emotions are getting riled up, right? If you're, mm-hmm. if anything's happening inside of you, start to become aware of that because that is the first step. Yeah, definitely. No, being in tune with, with your body and your emotions is, is seriously so important. And <laughs> I can actually think of many instances in the past where other people would recognize it before myself. And like, you know, they would say, oh, like, like, um, you know, calm down, stop being angry. Oh, I'm not angry. Like, oh, I guess I am angry. And often time we'll blame other people, right? We'll think they're the cause of whatever is happening. Right. But really inside of us, there's some emotion there, right? There's some frustration or some anger that someone else is doing something and we're blaming them. That's mm-hmm. where our power is, is in noticing what's happening inside of us and letting that go, right? Because if we let that emotion go and we come back to peace, then our life changes because we start attracting peace into our life. I'm certainly not perfect at this by any means, but I feel like over the years I've gotten more in tune with those emotions and those kind of triggers that will get me to spiral in certain situations. I'm like, okay, why did this all of a sudden make me feel anxious? Why did all of a sudden I feel sad after this? And I start breaking it down and then really understanding that way. But I'm still definitely a work in progress. I mean, I'm definitely not perfect with it, but it sounds like gaining insight and gaining awareness and recognizing these situations. I mean, all tie into EFT and and practicing, you know, those methods in order to recognize them, alleviate those tensions and then cause them to not happen moving forward, or at least for you to be aware of them and and to be at ease with some of these things that that subconsciously weigh us down that we may not even realize. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's all awareness on a different level. But yes, once we're aware, Mm -hmm. just being aware that emotions are stuck energy, that itself Mm -hmm. can really help. And then being aware of when we are emotional. Then if you've got a technique that you can use, you know, there are other techniques as well, I'm sure. EFT, I just know works and I know it's the physical component of the tapping that Mm -hmm. actually works. If you have something like that, then if you change yourself, if you let go of those emotions of the stuck energy, not suppress them, but actually accept them and feel them and let them go out of the body, then you change your signal and then you change your future because Mm -hmm. your signal has changed. So it's very powerful work. I couldn't agree more. And I'm definitely very intrigued with that EFT and I need to look into it more myself and, and really dive deeper into it. But no, honestly, this conversation and you have just really inspired me to want to do that more. So I guess just wrapping up with final thoughts and ideas. I mean, do you have any upcoming projects or anything in the works that you're excited about? Any other writing or any other book in the works or anything of that nature? I do have another book in the works, but it's going to be quite a while. Okay. And I, I really hope to do a TED Talk. That's what I really want to do next. Oh, yeah. And I, I want to reach a larger audience. So if anyone wants me to come and talk, then I'm happy to do that too. So, yeah. I would recommend you to anyone because this is extremely eye-opening. And yeah, just really fascinating to learn more about. And, and knowing your story is incredible. Uh, so is there anything I forgot to ask about that you wanted to touch on before we get into plugins and where everyone can find you and whatnot? No, I think we're good. Um, Yeah, I do want to tell people about my YouTube channel because I have a Mm -hmm. demonstration video of EFT on there. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of the videos about EFT, a lot of the EFT practitioners these days have moved more towards the positive. Mm -hmm. But as I said, when I can see inside the positive is already there, we don't have to work on the positive. All we have to do (laughs) is find the negative and work on the negative or the shadow. 
So notice that, be aware of that. If you're looking for EFT videos and such online, I do have one on my YouTube channel and I have one on feeling your feelings, just walking through that process on there. So if you want to dip, delve straight into it, you can go on onto there and, and watch those videos. Awesome. Yeah. And thank you for that plug. I'll definitely put that in the show notes. That's definitely a great resource. I started digging through some of the videos yesterday and um, need to need to work my way fully through them and, and start practicing some of these practices myself. But oh my gosh. Yeah. And thank you so much for taking the time for this. Like I said, this conversation is very insightful and I love learning about something new that I wasn't as familiar with. And, you know, everything's a journey essentially. So it's just going to be continual practice of me diving into more of the stuff and understanding these things as I'm sure it's been a journey for you. But no, this is, uh, this has been an amazing conversation. I wish you nothing but the best in that, uh, future book you're working on, maybe future videos if you're doing <laughs> that as well. And just all, all yes. the, all the amazing projects you have in the works. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. It's been a great conversation. Thank you. <laughs> no, this is great. Awesome. You take care. Thank you. You too. Thank you so much for tuning in and checking out the show. Links to Anne's website, socials, and all the resources we discussed can be found in the show notes. If you like what you heard, please make sure to subscribe and leave a review for Juxtaposed Journeys wherever you stream your podcast, and maybe tell a friend or two about the show. Any feedback is always welcome and appreciated, and it helps the show reach more listeners. It also keeps new episodes coming out. If you're an entrepreneur, creator, or live an interesting lifestyle, take a few minutes to fill out the questionnaire I have linked below. If you're a good fit, I'll be sure to get in touch with you to be featured on a future episode. I just ask that you have some patience, as I'm pretty backed up with any of your requests at the moment. So thank you to everyone who's reached out and has expressed interest in being on the show. The Juxtaposed Journeys logo was designed by Darius Norwood. The website was designed by Elise Benner. And music has been provided by Young Pioneer. Editing for this episode was done by Kai Will. Final mixing and interviews are conducted by yours truly, Eric Spitz. Thank you for listening, and remember to never stop exploring. <laughs>